It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the McCubby Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast for the Giants on SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor of McCoveyChronicles.com, and with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes about the Giants at GiantsDoug.Subsec.com. Doug, it's been a rough week for the Giants, but that's not new. So what's new with you? You know, I, I had a, a viral tweet where I made an Airbud joke about the Queen dying. So that, that went pretty well. Read the tweet, Doug. Not a, what's Read the, the tweet. Okay. The problem is it relies on reading it. Like the wordplay, it's tough to do out loud. But I um, just went to a celebrity memoir reading the other day and she wrote it and was able to perform it as, you know what I mean? So you got to get to that level, Doug. That's all yeah. I'm saying. When you tweet, you have to be ready to say it out loud. All right, I'll do my best. Okay. okay. Archbishop of Canterbury. It is the Queen's final wish, and we must obey. Charles. But him? Archbishop of Canterbury. I've researched it, and there's no rule saying a dog can't be king. This Christmas, Disney proudly presents Air Bud. And Air is spelled H E I R. How did I miss that? Oh my God, that's delightful. <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I just retweeted it right now. So congratulations. All that's, right. That's a that's, coveted retweet that I just that, earned. Yeah, that's definitely better than uh, the Giants uh, week where we're recording this uh, in the bottom of the third inning of their Sunday night baseball game against the Chicago Cubs. And, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the Giants are, are definitely playing out the string. They are definitely converting to 
playing their 25 year olds. I think that was a big thing with the one game they've won against the Cubs so far. I don't think that um, at least right now, no one's talking about the team doing very much next year. We're just going to wait for the next off season. Uh, we have some other non giantsy things that I do want to get to that we can talk about that will eventually impact the giants, but let's just quickly run through the week, Doug. And please, I mean, none of these are going to top your tweet, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> I'll start with this. Sean Jelly looked pretty darn good uh, for being the the bulk innings guy the other day um, in uh, game two against Milwaukee. That was really nice to see. Um, and you can stop me and when you want to chime in at any time. But he looked good. That was encouraging. I, I agree. And I want to say they should just keep starting him through the end of the year. Because why not? Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's no reason not to. Um, Jack, especially since now with uh, Alex Wood on the IL for an unknown period of time, it just doesn't make sense to have two. Um, you don't you don't get to expand the rosters to thirty plus anymore, which is incredibly stupid and is all about the owners saving a few bucks. Insane, absolutely nuts. Like September, when you're a team like the Giants, you should be able to have thirty five guys, so you don't have to like do these terrible bullpen games. I thought we were about pace of play. Whatever. Far <laughs> anxiety uh, uh, on Cambiar threatened to bring back Jack Peterson uh, on an extension. Um, I wonder, what do you think? Is that like a trial balloon or is that something they're really serious about? I mean, he'd probably like to bring back Jock Peterson. I don't know if the money's going to work out. You know, the the reason they'd be able to on less than a four-year deal is that Peterson had that two-month stretch in the middle of the season where he was terrible. So that might depress the market enough that Farhan can come in on the, the nice, you know, two-year option with an option deal that he that he really loves. Uh, or even maybe go to three, you know, maybe it'll be tied for their longest deal. He's given out with Tommy LaStella. And I think maybe the rule changes, which we're going to get to, man, I really should say this episode, we're going to talk about this, this and that, but maybe I will. This episode, we're going to talk about, uh, the rule changes coming to major league baseball effective next year. One of those rule changes could very well benefit, uh, the Giants in terms of, you know, Jock Peterson not being able to be so strictly shifted against. Um, that might encourage the Giants to sign more guys. You know, a, a team of Jock Peters, Jocks Peterson could, yes, could very Jocks well be Peterson. it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, we're also going to talk about uh, some minor league, major league uh, union uh, unionization. That's important. And then I, I want to tease this and I'm going to jump back into talking about the Giants week briefly. But Doug and I are are debuting a new feature, the Wheel of Random. What's that? <laughs> You're just going to have to find out what that is. But let's jump back into the rest of the Giants week. Uh, David VR and J.D. Davis, between the two of them, um, do you think that that could mean Evan Longoria's days are numbered? Or is he really going to come back? He was just on Sunday Night Baseball being interviewed saying like, hey, if they pick up my option, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to play. I mean, honestly, the the decision with Longoria is, I think, pretty similar to the decision they had with Belt last year, um, where, you know, they gave Belt the qualifying offer and he took it. It didn't go great, obviously. But um, Longoria, it's they either pay him $13 million to play or they pay him $5 million to not play. So, I mean, an $8 million option on Evan Longoria, he's been productive when he's been on the field. I think they're going to go for it, and I think they'd be right to go for it. Yeah, we've been saying this, but it also feels like um, he hasn't played very much in my in like the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure if he's dealing with the lingering 
Um, well, I mean, I, of course he is. He's an old, he's an old player. He's going to have, he's, he's literally my age. He is. In <laughs> One of the best tweets ever was like, here he is the <laughs> oldest player in the league. Uh, what is it? 32, a miracle. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, he, He's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not against him coming back. I, I do wonder, you know, they've got VR and JD Davis playing the corners and DHing and, and Longoria kind of doing the same. Longoria still seems like he's the best of the bunch. Hank Schulman was kind of speculating that maybe JD Davis is a non-tender guy at, altogether. And I'm like, that seems very bizarre that they would trade for him and non-tender him on a team that I don't think they think is going to be very good next year, no matter what they do. Um, so that's weird. But anyway, this is just the news that came up this week. So and, I, I uh, think one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> our, our bullpen trust rankings just took a hit. <laughs> the bottom of them, we're going to have to find a new bottom guy. <laughs> Goodbye, Dominic Leone. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Uh, John Brebbia is definitely uh, threatening to take the... Um, no, he did all right tonight. But yes, no no, Dominic Leone. That's... that's um, I mean, it's not tough. I mean, that's kind of where it was heading. But oh, and the, and the final thing is Lewis Lewis Brinson, which when I sent you the rundown, I was like Lewis Brinson question mark. Um, but you know, twenty eight years old, he's got three home runs. Uh, I think those are all of his hits. Basically, maybe he has a one other double or something. Yeah, he, he had he had two hits against the Phillies, but since he hit that third homer in L.A., he does not have a hit in what's at least. 10 plate appearances and might be 13. And one of those guys, you look at his minor league numbers was being productive in triple a, but that strikeout to walk ratio, I think it was more than 3.5 to one uh, strikeouts to walk. And I think Barnes, I usually likes to keep it in that two and a half to one range. So this definitely seems like maybe if we give him a month of playing with all of our coaches and analytics, and maybe he's, maybe we can get him. We can Yastrzemski eyes him since they're kind of basically, you know, at the same point in their development cycle as when they got Yastrzemski and turned him around or polished him, made him a guy for a couple of years. Um, and maybe that's it. I, I guess I, I, all this is to say, like, it's been kind of a ho-hum week for the Giants. And I don't know, they're going to have to really wait for the rest of this month for something exciting to happen, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, I guess. You know, if VR continues what he's doing, that'd be pretty exciting. If Joey Bart keeps hitting well, that'd be pretty exciting. But it's, you know, it's the end of the season where they're not going to make the playoffs. They're playing out the string. It, yeah. it just kind of is what it is. Yeah, and, and then we'll get to the, all that at the end of the season because because I feel like the, the players that do perform well, that, that seems to raise an entirely different set of questions tied into what we talked about a, a couple weeks ago, where it's like how ruthless is far anxiety and, and uh, Scott Harris, how ruthless are they prepared to be this off season? I mean, if you can get, you know what I mean? If uh, two years from now, when the giants are supposed to be good, who's going to actually from this team going to be there in two years. And do you need them in to bridge those, the gap, that kind of stuff. That's, that's just me putting that out there, but we don't need to talk about the giants anymore. Let's talk about major league baseball for a minute, because I think that's important. Uh, major league baseball announced uh, a series of rule changes that go into effect next year. The big one being the pitch clock, which they've been threatening for quite some time. I welcome it. I I, I kind of want to shut down any dissent. So Doug, do you have a <laughs> <laughs> Um No, I, I think it's a good idea. It's, it's really frustrating watching Pedro Baez. You know, <laughs> there's there's other pitchers who also do it, 
Uh, real ones will remember Guillermo Moscoso mm-hmm. still to this day pitching the third inning of the final game of the 2013 season. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, just when you have a pitcher who gets the ball and holds it and holds it and holds it, and you're like, just just throw just throw the goddamn ball, like just. Just throw the goddamn ball. You're not doing brain surgery. It's your job. Do your job. Let's get on with it. And pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch when the bases are empty and 20 seconds with the runner on base. Um, pitcher Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. So, I mean, the only thing that I don't see as a problem with any of this so much as um, I wonder how this will go for the majors is this will still be up to the umpires to enforce ultimately, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's not like there's going to be some league official coming in and doing something. So I think that's where it's going to get weird. You're going to have probably weird fights with managers. I, I think in terms of like health, pitcher health, I'm all for, I think the pitchers have too much of an advantage anyway. And so I'm fine with them being like, oh, you can't max effort. And if you do, it's going to, it's going to ruin you faster. Um, if you need the 30 seconds to, to get your power bar back to full, I I think it's a good thing to be like, well, maybe I need to figure out how to put some cut on my ball or, you know, I I can't just pound right down the middle of the plate with 98. Um, I'm, I'm for it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's too many guys who throw a hundred miles an hour nowadays. It should be really cool. And it's not that cool anymore. Like it's still cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like ultra cool. You know, where you're like, oh, my God, he throws 100. You're like, yeah, there's another guy who throws 100. Yep. All right. Um, I think it's all about pace of play. Uh, there is a breakdown for what the pitch clock does. Sam Dykstra of Minor League Baseball, he uh, tweeted out the other day, average time of nine-inning game by level this season. No pitch clock, Major League Baseball, three hours and four minutes. With pitch clock in AAA, two hours and 43 minutes. AA, two hours and 40 minutes. High A, two hours and 34 minutes. Single A, two hours and 36 minutes. In AAA, they do have media time factored in, right? That's different from the other minor leagues, right? Yeah, depend. I mean, so not every game is televised, but they do have more games that are televised. Like the River Cats in Sacramento, they do, I don't know, eight or ten or maybe more games a year. Like, it's not most of them, but um, pretty often they'll do uh, Saturday home games. They'll put those on TV. And I think with, I still think with Major League Baseball, it's what, two and a half minutes per commercial block per half inning. So you're basically looking at five minutes per inning, usually. I think that's probably what it is. Um, and so I, I really think all it is is like, can we keep the broadcast to three hours or less? Seems like what we're trying to get to. Um, and and um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, the other, the thing that seems to me that might work against it is this defensive shift ban. <laughs> which is another rule that they that they uh, have added, which is basically you have to have two infielders on either side of second base. That's the main thing, my takeaway. And they the infielders have to be on the dirt. They can't be on the grass. Yeah. Um, and I think I've seen quite many compelling uh, reasons why this is fine. And I, and I kind of agree with it as well. But I don't think that's going to make offense go down. And I think when teams score runs, that tends to add to the time of the game. So it's very interesting, but I, I, it's all about pace of play. If action's happening more quickly, I think people are okay with it. I'm a little more in the middle on the shift, but where do you land? Uh, I mean, so the tough thing for me is that 
the problem with the shift for me isn't the shift. It's that uh, front offices don't seek out guys who can beat the shift anymore, right? So, like, if you shifted against Tony Gwynn, you know, if you did the big overshift to the right side, he would just hit the next 40 ground balls down the third base line until you stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And now, but front offices don't seek out the kind that kind of hitter anymore. They seek out... Um, who can hit it over the shift, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and that's, a, you know, high strikeout guys who hit it over the shift. And that's a little bit less fun unless they hit it. You know, when they hit it, it's fun. You know, homers are fun. Doubles are fun. But because they hit it less, you know, they swing through a lot more. They sell out a lot more on those swings. Um, if you've watched Giants games this year, you've heard Mike Kruko talk about how, uh, you know, there aren't really a lot of two-strike adjustments anymore. People just kind of swing for it. They go for it. There's no more shame in, in striking out. Um, so I think it would be kind of more fun to, if you had guys who uh, who could just beat the shift and the shift would go away naturally. But that's not where the game is right now. So I, I'm kind of torn because I also don't want to, I don't want them introducing rules that are like, well, no, you can't, you can't do your best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you can't just put guys where they're going to hit the ball. That's right. not allowed. Right. Right. I'm like, well, what, you know, why not? It should be, it kind of should be allowed. And the, then the goal, then it's on the hitter to, to hit the ball somewhere else. I've also read that, and I don't, I'm not saying that I agree with this right now, but just as an idea that I hadn't really considered that some people believe that um, the shift actually de-emphasizes uh, a player's defensive abilities. So you actually don't, it's kind of the same thing with hitters. You're not prioritizing hitters who can beat the shift or basically hit the ball differently, right? Like adjust their swing essentially. And you're kind of taking away range, you know, the, the concept of range and, and, and smarts and whatever. Uh, And I kind of can see that point when we look at the giants, especially right. Their defense is terrible, but they've actually been pretty good in the shift, which would seem to support that idea that you've got a bunch of, unathletic galoots out there, but if you shift them properly, they can actually make the plays because you know where the ball's being hit. Um, And so I kind of think, I guess, you know, Trey Turner is supposed to be a great defensive second baseman. And and if he's, if he's limited to where he can be set up before a pitch uh, and gets to show off the glove some more, I guess what I'm saying is I can actually see that argument, which is why I'm kind of torn a little bit about it. Cause I, I agree with you on the first point. It's like, the, all the classic defensive setups are based on where the ball was usually hit. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, that's why they're set up where they are already. So I, I, if you know where the ball is going to be hit, most likely, I, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, another way to kind of work around it is like you can only shift a couple of times per inning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and So then you'd have to choose like – I, I need to shift this hitter, but it's also like a double play situation. Do I want to, you know what I mean? Like then you would have. Or just and, like one batter per game. Yes. We're like, oh, you know, if, if Jock Peterson's coming up, yeah, then you can put the guy in right field. But yeah. otherwise you have to have kind of normal defense. Then you're kind of gamifying that idea. And I think that might be more fun, which I think ultimately is what we're trying to get at, right? Is just yeah. keeping baseball fun. Um, and then, okay. So then the other two rule changes, this one's not really a, it's a rule change, but it's not one that will necessarily see in how the game is played unless hold on a minute. The size of the bases are increasing by three inches from 12 to 15 or 15, 18. I think it's 15, 18. 
Yeah, inches. so they did that, they did that in AAA this year, and uh, everyone was fine with it. So I'm, great I'm for first base. Yeah, no, right, no exactly. reason to have any collisions at first base on those plays. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about collisions and and timing. <laughs> one of, one of those being, I think if a throw beats you when you're stealing a base, you should just be out. <laughs> Even if they miss you on the tag, like they have to try to tag you, but if the ball beats you there, you're out. So <laughs> I, that's one of my stupid ideas. But anyway, the size of the base increasing. Hear me out, Doug. Do you think this would in, uh, encourage the Giants to turn Sean Jelly into a two-way player? Because now there's there's less distance between his his enormous limbs and the bases. Think about how many infield hits he could leg out, literally. <laughs> I, I don't think those three inches are going to be a huge factor. It's Sean Jelly. He's nine feet tall. So. Uh, all right. So there's that one. And I think that's uh, the fact that everyone's okay with that. I mean, I have no issue with it. I, I, I want the bases to be as uh, I don't want players getting hurt, slamming into the bases. You know what I mean? Like I, the only thing I like about the bases being there is that sometimes the ball will hit it and that's a hit. You know what I mean? Like, that is, that I think that's fun. A, that is always fun. It's like, that's cool. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it happens against your team. That's about the only thing that's cool about the basis. <laughs> I think the, then the other one that I don't like, this is the one I'm firmly, firmly against. I think it's um, too severe that basically pitchers are only allowed to pick off moves. Yeah. I don't like that either. I think that is, you're getting way too fine. Great. It's going to be so easy to steal bases now that and like i know they want to encourage it but you want to encourage it in a way that's a play and not just if anyone with any amount of speed gets on first then that they automatically get to second mm-hmm. like because you can game the system well enough that you can do it right um and then we're gonna have to throw an asterisk and all those stolen base records that are gonna get set i'm just i don't i don't like asterisks but it is what it is I'm not sure what the, I think I, I mean, it's clear why they're doing that. I, that's fine, but it's kind of in the spectrum of foul balls. Like sometimes you'll hear that they're like, they should limit the number of foul balls. You know, you can only foul it off so many times and then you're out. And to me, it's sort of um, uh, antithetical to the game that's being played. I don't know exactly what the situation, what the solution to it should be, but I just know two is too severe and I, I can't imagine that's going to continue for multiple years. But yeah. we still have that stupid Manfred man. So do have the stupid Manfred man, which was supposed to go away this year and then didn't. Yeah. Overall, I, I don't really have an issue with it. I think because we're already in universal DH land and for now we still have that stupid extra innings thing that baseball is very clownish to me right now anyway. So for adding these tweaks or rules, I'm kind of like, eh. And to me, the pitch clock, like, yeah, let's absolutely try it out. Let's just do it. That That's that on, on that. I think how it affects the Giants. I, I'm actually very curious to see because the current front office is not, was not creating the team with any of these rules in mind. So this could be an adjustment, but we'll see. They're in such a transitional state right now. It might not actually make much of a difference. Well, I mean, because Farhan is the smartest man to ever be in a baseball front office. Yes. You have to assume that they'll be better at taking advantage of these than any other team. And they'll get like three extra wins out of it. So they might be pushing 79 wins next year. 
Yeah, uh, but so also that'd be huge. Yeah, it would be huge. I, I, I think you're right because they have nowhere to go but up. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like it's going to foil any of their plans. One last point I want to make on this because this is something that the league put out there was that there was a comment in the defensive shift restrictions of their own wording. A set of restrictions will return the game to a more traditional aesthetic by governing defensive shifts. And oh man, do I wish John Smoltz was, I don't know, in the wilderness and we never heard from him again. Oh God, uh, that'd be so great. He'd just, just be like, this is the cabin you live in. It's <laughs> surrounded by 10 miles of forest in every direction. Uh, live your life. That's but it. he's... <laughs> He's the Simpsons joke with the when we see the critic briefly in the uh, insane asylum. Uh, yes, Mr. Smoltz, all, all of baseball stinks. And, you know, it's and so this is all this is addressing is the cranky old men who don't like defensive shifts. You know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I watched baseball in the in the mid to late '80s and the '90s, and I think the pace and all that stuff. I I I get it. I. I think that's fine. I, Grant Brisby wrote a long article about what the differences really were. And, and I think it's right to want to try to pick up the pace of play, but we do. So the players do so many more amazing things now that to sit yeah, there. Used and, to be one guy made a diving catch <laughs> in like a Toronto Houston game. Cause they, yeah, no Toronto. Wait, Houston's in the AL now. Toronto-Milwaukee yes. game, because they used to be in the same <laughs> league and there was no one really play. And they'd replay it for like two weeks straight. They'd be like, look at this guy. He dove and he caught the ball. And now and now, if someone doesn't dive for a ball, I'm like, you loser. Yeah. Put some effort into it. Yeah. It's like, that's the default. You're expected to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sitting here going, I want to see the game look more traditional. I do want to see... Pitchers have less of an advantage, and this seems like a way of artificially doing that. But, you know, also throw the damn ball. Yeah, just make him throw the damn ball. (laughs) All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, minors unionizing and Major League Baseball actually putting on some Major League pants to get into the uh, the labor scrum, which is very important. And then we're going to introduce the Wheel of Random. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something that was long overdue, the miners are finally uni- unionizing. Um, they're, they asked for voluntary recognition as, the, as Major League Baseball being their bargaining unit. And, and the owners, or at least the commissioner, said that they are going to do that. Um, and we'll, we'll figure out soon enough, I'm sure, what their, their scheme is in doing that. 
but uh, for now the miners becoming basically represented by the by the MLBPA in labor negotiations and the MLB further uh, starting to affiliate with the AFL CIO um, for the first time ever is a really big step up in in labor rights um, the unionization energy that's spreading across the country is really fantastic to see. I mean, solidarity with among workers is where this needs to be. And I'm sure there's a great number of major league baseball players who are really upset about this, yeah. but screw them. So. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say Hunter Strickland is definitely one of them. <laughs> oh. uh, far be it for us to cast aspersions, but <laughs> he's never he's never let us down <laughs> it's a no aspersions club we're allowed to have one yes uh but we're not going to talk about this for very long there's very little it's very it's all very preliminary but basically minor minor leaguers have been treated unreasonably as they've been misclassified essentially as seasonal employees uh, and if you want to agree with ownership's statement of that, I just think that's pretty absurd because the amount of work that players have to do when they're not in season is so substantial. Uh, and usually that's it's assigned stuff that they have to do to keep in shape, to keep their jobs, and they're not getting paid for it. And there's so much that they do that they don't get paid for um, in and around the actual game time. A lot of players, most minor league players, lose money on being drafted into Major League Baseball which would seem to defeat the purpose of having a draft at all. Because it seems like a draft would mean that they own you, quote unquote, they have the rights to you. And that would seem to mean that they have some obligation to you and your life. If they have such a strong right that they can actually block your freedom of labor, your freedom of movement as a, as a job seeker. Um, and that's kind of the, ma- the main thing. I know a lot of people who are just against unions in general Look at baseball and they go, it's just a sport. It's a kid's game. It's blah, blah, blah. It's a product like anything else. And the players, the human beings who make the money for the people who don't play the game um, are considered assets or flesh puppets or whatever have you. And I think them just trying to get an equitable share of the of the money, the vast gobs of money that come in, um, it seems hard to argue with. And I know people want to anyway. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's long overdue. Um, we don't really know. Well, I'm, first off, let's say that probably the reason that this was able to happen is that major league players finally got it together and were like, yeah, we have to recognize them. Because for a long time, I assume here the objection to having them in there was the major league players being like, well, why should we subsidize the union dues of these other guys? We're paying for this. We should get the benefits. They haven't earned it. Um, and so it is good to see that the union is in, is bringing everyone in. Possibly, you know, the who knows what the next collective bargaining agreement is going to look like, what the negotiations are going to look like. But if they have every professional baseball player who's, who's remotely good, then that's a lot more leverage. You know, the owners are not going to be able to use minor leaguers as replacement players anymore. Um and that's, I think that's a big deal. And then obviously the conditions, you know, they, they doubled basically minor league pay this year and they're still paid nothing. You know, two times zero is still zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, they have done some things. There have been some minor improvements. Uh, you know, they guarantee everyone housing. Uh, most teams are apparently pretty good with it. I know there was a report a month or two ago that there were 
like four teams that their single A affiliate housing was horrifically inadequate. They were like, well, technically we abide by, you know, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was not much better than it used to be. Um, so it's good to see. I'm surprised Major League Baseball is kind of voluntarily recognizing the union. That doesn't seem like the sort of thing they would do. So I, I'm i wondering why. Yes. I'm like, what's the nefarious reasoning behind this? Yes. Uh, this is absolutely, it seems like per, perhaps a strategic retreat. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I also think that to, to your point about the major leaguers being, being like, okay, I guess, yeah, obviously that's what had to happen in order for the minors. You know, it wasn't just the minor leaguer reps making their case to the, to the major league PA that they should be reps. I think after this last CBA that the leadership for the major league players kind of said, I hope you guys can all see which way the wind's blowing because the pie is going to keep getting smaller and we are they are setting it up so that we keep losing our leverage. And so we have to be willing to uh, potentially have like, I think a lot of players in the middle, in that middle class, lower class are, are the ones who are like, well, these minor leaguers are my competition. So why would I recognize them? That makes it harder. And it's sort of, if we can get to a situation where the floor is raised, now we're not having to, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's maybe the, the ultimate goal. And maybe the, the owners are retreating because they're like, this might be a way for us to get a salary cap. Um, right. That and, is probably what that is. Their, their Holy grail. Yeah. And, and, that, and if they can do that, then that, then that basically that will make, I think every baseball fan at this point uh, happy. Cause that's all they've been obsessed about. It seems like there are some people who are only baseball fans cause they can't wait to get off on the day that there's a, salary cap and the players they claim to love are punished somehow i there's a lot of there's a lot of baseball fans who hate baseball players um, yeah a lot of them own major league teams but most of them are over over 40 so, <laughs> which i am but i love the players i don't care <laughs> i i just don't think the giants are going to pay aaron judge 30 million dollars a year until he's 37 that doesn't seem like something they do but if they do, great. Uh, anyway, all right. So we don't know what's going to happen with that, but I would say that this is um, probably as big of a day as uh, the reserve clause going away. <laughs> Seems like a pretty substantial move in in the labor in the labor issue. In the la- and I think in the labor movement, I kind of feel like Major League Baseball is actually a really good model to use for other situations to try to get people to understand, to, to see very clearly the silliness of workers work being exploited by management. It's like, I feel like with baseball, it's the easiest thing to do because no one's really, most people who are either not invested in baseball or kind of invested in baseball, they kind of think both sides are silly. Right. And so you can kind of paint the picture of like, well, baseball is a blank billion dollar a year business. The players get this percentage of that and the owners get this percentage of that and the owners pay out the, their overhead. <laughs> By the way, that's just to share of the revenue, but the, but their their profits from that revenue is this much because cities pay for their stadiums, subsidize all this other stuff. These are their, these are the businesses, the baseball teams are their second businesses that they use to absorb their losses in other businesses, which are usually bailed out by governments. You know, it just goes on and on. All right, that's enough. We Let's do the wheel of random. All right. Wheel of random. So that when I, 
when I hooked Doug back into doing this podcast, which he he did pretty willingly, but this was the sweetener. It wasn't. I'm just saying it is. Uh, and that was, you know, when it's kind of a, a down week for the Giants, let's spend the last five minutes of every show, provided we don't have listener questions, which we don't this week. Um, uh, like just talking about a random subject for five minutes. It could be anything. But of course, I have pet subjects that I like to talk about. And so in this first edition, these are the ones I gave. I gave Doug six uh, subjects. He had to study up. He had to really bone up on these. Um, yeah, I've, I've spent um, a day and a half doing really <laughs> deep dives on every one of these topics to be prepared just in case that's the one that gets chosen. So those topics are Star Trek, of course, global climate change. Didn't see that coming. The aforementioned Manfred Man, uh, the economy. That's important. Uh, home improvement projects, and of course, dogs. So, uh, I almost put potent potables, but I didn't want it to be a ripoff of a Celebrity Jeopardy sketch. Anyway, so Doug, I've given you all these, and in no, I've now randomized them by number. So uh, pick a number between one and six, and, and that's going to be the topic. Ooh, this is a big decision. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, I can't go with number one or number six. And then you'd be expecting three or four. But the problem is, is I didn't go down the list and put one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> and then randomize it. What I did was I took all the topics and I just did a random number generator. And so now they're attached. Who knows which ones they're attached to? That that in no way affects my decision here. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with number five. Number five. Oh, home improvement. All right. Home improvement. <laughs> I don't even know if I said, okay, home improvement projects. What was the last thing you fixed slash improved in your home? Or did you pay somebody else to do that? No. So I'm glad we have this one. So (laughs) this is, this is very close to home improvement. I'm going to count it. Um, So a couple months ago, uh, the handle on our microwave broke and we're like, all right, let's just, uh, let's get a new microwave. Let's get a new stove while we're at it because they match and we might as well. And you know, our stove wasn't that nice. So we do that. And we, when we go into to Lowe's, we're like, yeah, let's get a new dishwasher too. Let's really, mm. and let's get a fancy one. We're going to get the Bosch, right? Oh. Bosch dishwasher, top of the line. It's as good as you're going to get, unless you're like a fancy rich person who I'm sure has some great brand that I've never heard of because I'm too much of a peasant. <laughs> so. Those are, just, they just have maids. It's they not. They just have maids. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's, that's their You get so rich, you go, you go from having to wash them yourselves to just paying someone else to wash them. Um, and you don't buy, you don't buy a no maid dishwasher either. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You want it by hand. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, they come and there are some shenanigans with getting the, the microwave installed, the, the installer kind of, we thought the installer was going to come the same time as we get them delivered. It's not what happened. So the installer comes, installs. So the the pe- the delivery people come in. They just you know a stove. You just plug it in. So they just plug in the stove, take away the old one. Uh, they give us a new microwave. Eventually, the installer comes, installs the microwave, goes to the new dishwasher which we have in the box, and he's kind of looking at it. And uh, Kristen's home. I'm not home. And she says, "Yeah, so uh, we they they sold us a couple cords over here for the Bosch." And the installer says, "That's not a Bosch." And we go, what? And uh, and so if you looked at the box, there was in fact one place, exactly one place, where in very small print, it said Maytag. They what? delivered us the wrong dishwasher. What? <laughs> so we 
go to Lowe's uh, that night and we, you know, we explain the situation. They go, all right, we'll get someone out there to pick it up as soon as we can. We'll, uh, we'll let you know when we, we have a dishwasher for you. I'm hoping it'll be within the next couple days. Great. Sounds great. So people come to pick up the dishwasher. We don't hear from Lowe's for like two weeks. Like, oh, fuck. God, fine. We try calling them. They don't answer their phone. All right, fine. We go back in, go to the help desk. They, it gets settled. So the dishwasher, we go in on like a Tuesday. Dishwasher gets dropped off on a Thursday. You know, installer comes, takes out the old one, starts to put in the new one, goes, mm, I can't install this. There's a giant pipe right in the middle and a Bosch won't go around it. <laughs> but not only that, he also... Uh, You're like three weeks now. Yeah, No, we're like two months now. Oh, two it's, months now. Yeah, about two months. <laughs> so so he had also kind of started to install an outlet under the sink because the, the dishwasher and the garbage disposal were hardwired into the house. And, uh, and he was like, that's not up to code. I have to install an outlet, which, okay, sure. So he does that, but then he trips a breaker and we can't get it untripped. So now to run, uh, either the old dishwasher, which he reinstalled or the garbage disposal, we have to plug them into an extension cord that we plug into the, the, a socket, like across the hall. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. So... My advice to you is never change anything or else it'll be a mess. That doesn't sound like the home was improved at all. But the, <laughs> the, the new stove and the new microwave are pretty nice. Okay. So two, two for three. I thought the punchline was going to be uh, a Bosch will not go in because of this giant pipe in the middle, but a Maytag will. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so the guy, the guy recommended either a GE or a, maybe a Whirlpool. We have a world from now, so that would make sense. But yeah, so. So there's that. There's well, that. We can't have our super nice Bosch that we were so excited about. Uh, Bosch, if you're listening. <laughs> Bosch, I will I will advertise the hell out of your dishwasher, even though I can't even have one. No, we have to give several layers, get several layers of approval to do our own advertisements as well. I'm just saying, Bosch, if you want to send Doug Brazzoni, who writes about the Giants at giantsdoug.substack.com. Uh, uh, one with a hole in the middle for the pipe <laughs> that takes a pipe in the middle. Great. Yeah. What yeah. dishwasher? <laughs> um, mine was not nowhere near that. One day I bent down to pick something up that was near the toilet. Wasn't any waste. It was like a cat hair or something. And I was so stupid that I put rested my weight on the toilet roll holder. And uh, that just came right off. Just came oh, right yeah. off the wall. Yeah. And, um, and it turns out cause this isn't, I don't, it's not my building. I don't own it. turns out that was just glued porcelain onto <laughs> the um, tile and, uh, and then cocked around the sides. And so then I, I just, I just re-glued. First I had to take alcohol and clean off like the 30 year old glue that had held it there. And then I didn't do a great job of that. I kind of, kind of sanded it down. And I was like, put a little more glue on that. Stick the, stick the thing back on, get some new caulking, put that around there. And it's good as new. And then just remember not to uh, lean on it anymore. So <laughs> that was my home improvement. Also, I can use that caulking to uh, um, fix around the bathtub and the sink. But uh, that's pretty boring. The uh, the one where you fundamentally have to change how your kitchen works, that's that's tough. 
I, I will say actually when we moved into this house we did change out two of the toilet paper two of the toilet paper roll holders because they were they were not installed well so the little it was like the little thing that with the springs in the middle oh, okay. one of them it was not in the right place so it would just keep falling off they were just too far apart so the two of our bathrooms we put in the, that's so weird it's, it's like god guys put, put the tiniest amount of effort into it um so yeah two of our bathrooms we just installed new ones we it's the one where the thing comes up on a hinge so it, it's actually easier anyway sometimes you'll see in people's apartments they have the freestanding ones and i'm like yeah okay i get it but no no right i don't touch I don't the wall like yeah. yeah not a fan all right, well, that's our show for this week. Um, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode where maybe the Giants have won some baseball games. They're doing okay as we end this uh, episode with a one nothing lead against Chicago in against the Cubs in Chicago. Um, Doug, t- do you know what you're writing about this week, and where can people read it? I have no idea what I'm writing about this week, uh, but you can read it. You can find out with me at giantsdoug.substack.com, where I write every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you have any questions you want us to answer on a show, I think we're going to do an end of the year mailbag. That'll be great. Um, and if you have any subjects, topics for our next Wheel of Random, which who knows when that will be, but I suspect the way the Giants are playing very soon, <laughs> put those in the comments below, or you can add us on Twitter at our Twitter account, at Mick Croncast. Um, again, thanks for listening. And in the meantime, somehow, some way, go Giants. Try not to suck.